you're allowed to have those moments. It's okay to move into different stages and to not be stuck in that place of sorrow and sadness and just deep pain. Yeah, because we know that we will heal, we are supposed to live with more freedom, not less. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, How to Walk Through Loss with Your Spouse, Part 2. Yep, a little follow-up to last week's yeah. cry fest. Hey. <laughs> no, this will be a good one. Okay, here we go. Alrighty. How you doing, honey? <laughs> I'm tired. Actually, it's a specific question. The last episode that came out was letting everyone know that you had lost your necklace. And that was, we've heard from several people how how painful that was. And, you know, they felt bad for us and they wished us well. And again, we really are appreciative of our lovely listeners. Yeah. It's now been basically two weeks since you've lost that. Yeah, it has been. How are you doing overall? Overall, I'm doing actually very well. Okay. I um, I thought I would never feel better. Yeah. <laughs> While I was really in it. Yeah. I feel better. I'm still sad. I still haven't been able to put on one of my other necklaces because it just doesn't feel right. I, I feel like I'm betraying my... My lost necklace. Sure. I know that sounds silly and I giggle a little bit about it, but yeah, I'm just not ready to put a new necklace on. I'm not even ready to look for a new necklace. Yeah. So. Overall, are you in that deep sorrow? Are you, have you been able to laugh and be happy? Oh, yes. In the last couple of weeks? Is it overwhelming? No. Now, I will tell you when our podcast came out. Yeah. I cried, but I wasn't crying because I was sad about my necklace. I was crying because I was listening to me be sad about my necklace and it just broke my heart to to hear someone, to hear someone be so sad about something. So I know that's maybe a little odd, but yeah, um, we've also received interesting comments about the necklace being lost yeah we received a comment someone said you shouldn't cry over things yes and i thought like objects like things yes yes exactly yeah and my first thought was well either you haven't ever lost anything that had sentimental value to you or something that meant something to you or you don't know how to feel yet or haven't allowed yourself to feel things yeah that ability to empathize is missing yeah for sure and that's okay we understand that we're gonna get some comments that aren't always positive and supportive that doesn't hurt our feelings no but it is telling on how people respond to grief and loss and sorrow. Yeah, for sure. And it reflects how they kind of might reflect or respond to their spouse. Whenever their spouse is going through something painful and difficult, do they respond with the same lack of empathy and the same dismissive tone? Right. I'm actually glad we received that response because it just kind of confirms that this is an area that a lot of people struggle with. Sure. How to support somebody when they are grieving and lost. 
And again, we're talking about this today very intentionally because this necklace represents grief and loss overall. Right. Again, for us, we recognize it's a small object, but it has tremendous sentimental value. Other people have lost their husbands or lost their wives or lost a job or lost right. a child. Well, well, I was telling you, I think I told you this. I know I told my mom, but I, I think okay. I told you this. And if I didn't, I'm sorry. Okay. A couple days afterwards, when I was actually able to think a little more clearly, I realized that the last time that I felt that way yeah. and that I cried that hard was when I miscarried. Yeah. And so it was just surprising to me that that's the level or deepness of the sadness that I felt, yeah. which told me that it had much more value yeah. than just a, a piece of jewelry. jewelry. Yeah. But it also helped me realize that I will be sad for a long time, but I won't be in sorrow and in the pit yeah. and overwhelmed for a long time because we heal. Every year I still get sad around the same time yeah. in August yeah. when I miscarried. Yeah. And I also unexpectedly have a period of sadness and sorrow in March yeah. when I was supposed to have had our baby. Yeah. So I'm sure that the next cruise we go on, It'll be... I will feel a little sad because it will be a reminder. Sure. Or maybe not when we get on the cruise, but as we get off or as we travel home. Yeah. Something that just triggers that. Yeah, yeah. That's why we're talking about this is because this experience of grief and loss is not unique to us. Right. Other people go through it. And again, we want to offer our story as a way to say this is what it looks like to go through it and hopefully a healthy way right exactly and healthy doesn't mean easy no but it does mean healthy we can do this the hard work is difficult and painful you this weekend you walked a half marathon 13.2 miles yeah when it was all said and done and that was difficult that was yeah. a hard hike for you but it was a healthy hike. It was yes. a good thing to do with you and Beth and your friend and and enjoy that. Healthy things don't always mean easy right. or comfortable things. Right. Talk to me a little bit about when you did start to finally feel better. Does it mean that you don't care anymore? No, and that's a really interesting question because I have struggled with that over the years of when I'm feeling sad about something or deep sense of loss and then I have a day where or a moment where I feel better and it really confused me at first like oh does that mean that I'm forgetting this loss or that it's not important to me anymore yeah and we have talked a lot about that and you have helped me work through that as you heal and you have moments of feeling good or maybe you have a moment of feeling bad does that mean that i'm going to go back to feeling as deeply bad right that's not the case you're allowed to have those moments it's okay to to move into different stages yeah. and to not be stuck yeah in that place of sorrow and sadness and just deep pain yeah i'm sure we've talked about it on previous podcast episodes but there's a concept car that came out many years ago by BMW called the BMW Gina, G-I-N-A. Look it up on YouTube if you're listening to this. It's a fascinating car because they were experimenting and playing with different skins or different materials to build a car out of. They decided, we're going to build a car out of fabric. 
because all of the strength and all of the rigidity in a car's body structure comes from the frame underneath. It's not from the actual body panels that we see. And so that's why cars can be made out of plastic now and they can be made out of, you know, aluminum or steel back in the day. So they said, why not fabric? And so they built a car that has this fabric wrapping around this metal framework inside. And it's a fascinating car because when I saw it for the first time, I said, this is the most organic, human-like <laughs> car that I've seen because where there's usually like a hinge because the door has to open, it's one seamless stretch of fabric and it oh, bends it like bends skin. Sk oh, and, and so I'm looking at my wrist right now as I bend my hand. So it all wrinkles up and, and everything. So you get the wrinkles in yep. it like you would. Yep. And they were able to make this car actually change shape as it drives because as it's driving down the road, they can have an actuator on the framework and the framework will bend. And so the fenders can widen out as it drives down the road or headrests can come up out of the body. It's a fascinating car. I love watching this car. And as I looked at it, I said, because this is the most organic human looking car, what if they could go one step further? What if they could make the skin this fabric heal like our skin does. So if we get a cut or a scrape, right. if you, you know, make sure it's no debris in it and there's no infection in it and you put, you know, neosporin on it and put a bandaid on it in eight to 10 days, you take the bandaid off and your skin has healed. Right. There might be a mark or a scar or something, but it has woven itself back together. What if they could make the skin of this car do that? How would you drive that car if it could heal? Well, you would just drive it. You wouldn't worry about anything. You wouldn't feel like you had to park way in the back of the parking lot where there's no other cars. Right. Or... Trying to avoid it from getting scratched. Yes. Because if it gets injured, if it gets scratched, you know that it will heal. That is the same concept with our lives. Because we know that we will heal, we are supposed to live with more freedom, not less. When you lose something... And you are now healing. You aren't in the depths of despair. You right. aren't as forlorn and heartbroken. It's like, okay, I can survive that. I have the freedom to go out and live my life again. Right. Knowing full well I might lose something else again. Right. Well, the reality is, is you're going to lose yes, exactly. something again that is precious to you. Namely... The person who's oh, sitting across the table from you. We're not talking about that. We are going to talk about that for a minute because At you and point, I yes. haven't figured out immortality. No, we haven't. But we have decided that I'm dying first. Correct. And that's an agreement that I've had to agree to, everybody. <laughs> That's better than the, I had to agree that we're going to die at the same time. No, no, I like that one better. Sorry, I forgot about that, is that one. that one still enacted? Yes. Okay, that contract is still going. Yes. What's the thought about losing me? Well... I just don't want to live without you. It would be so sad. I know. It would be lonely and I would just, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. And that. Because you're my best friend and I love doing everything with you. Yeah. And same to you. I absolutely love doing everything with you. And when you die, it's going to be really, really difficult. Right. I'm going to be a little lost for a while. Right. But we know that it's going to happen. Yeah, we do. We can't prevent that. We can't. So we can either continue to live the rest of our lives in fear of that and trying to avoid that. 
which a lot of people do. They, they're terrified to eat anything tasty because, you know, it's going to put one extra gram of sugar or one right. extra point on their cholesterol scale. They're afraid to do risky things because they might lose something. They might get sick right. or they might catch something. They're afraid to try new experiences because they might get injured. They're afraid right. to go to new places because it's uncomfortable. There's this fear because they're going to lose something, primarily comfort or stability or predictability in their life. Right. And we don't want people to live that way. No, no, there's, there's you so and I much. don't want to live that way. No, because there's so much, there's so much that you miss out on. Yeah. Even if you get hurt or you fail or you lose something, the experiences that you have for having tried or done them, those just enrich our lives so much. Yeah. I don't know what day it was, but. It was while I was still feeling pretty sad, mm -hmm. not like cry every two seconds, but still pretty sad that evening at five o'clock. I have my workouts yeah. that I go to and I was still pretty sad. And I know that when when my heart rate gets up mm. and my lungs get really tight because I, I have exercise induced asthma and that makes it difficult to exercise hard as hard as I would like to. And when those two both go up. It usually triggers me crying. Yeah. I, I can't help it. It yeah. just happens. But I didn't want to go to my workout because I knew that, that I would hit that point mm -hmm. because right now it's hard because mm -hmm. I haven't been doing the things that we're doing in this class. And I really didn't want to cry in front of people. But I knew that if I went, I would probably hit that point much, much earlier yeah. because I was already in a place of sadness. Sure. And it would have been very easy for me to go, I'm just not going to go to my class because I don't want to feel bad. I don't yeah. want to cry in front of people I don't know. But then I had to tell myself, if I stay here, if I don't go, I'm missing out on progress and movement forward in the other areas of my life that are really important to me. Yeah. And so I went ahead and went. And yeah, I hit that point much sooner than I would have. And I just turned around and put my arms over my head so I could get a little extra oxygen and close my eyes and let the tears fall and breathed as deep as I could till I could get my body to settle down a little bit. And I got done with the class and I went, okay, that wasn't as bad as I anticipated it to be. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that I went because I just felt, it seems weird to try to bring things into your life that make you feel good or that you know will make you feel good when you still want to be sad about something that you've lost yeah. because it's not unhealthy to still feel sad about something. So it's for me, it's a little hard to know that you can feel bad about something and feel good about something at the same time. Yeah, It's just a little confusing, but it can happen. Sure, And it's okay for it to happen. Sure. And it took me a long time to realize that you can have both of yeah. those at the same time yeah. and there's nothing wrong with you and it's okay to do that. Good. That freedom to move on. You're not being disrespectful to what's been lost. Right. We're designed to heal. You're allowed to be happy. It's not inappropriate in yeah. any way. I'm glad that you're feeling better. Me too. For sure. Is there anything that I could have or should have done better for you? Did I miss any opportunities? I don't think you did. You you handled it so beautifully and made me feel comforted. And the biggest thing was, and I guess I can bring it back around to the comment that was left for us, that you don't cry over mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. You didn't make me 
feel like you thought that whatsoever. Mm. And for me, that was incredibly helpful because I know I have struggled with worrying about, well, it's just a little thing. I shouldn't be this sad. And I probably even told you that several times. And you never once made me feel like I shouldn't be crying over a thing. Mm. Never once you realize that it's not just a thing, that it has value and importance to me and memories and um, holds a special place for me. Mm. And you validated that and you were sympathetic and empathetic and you just cared for me in the way I needed to be cared for. You didn't miss anything and you were strong in the area of let me take care of this, let me see what I can do to help you at the right timing. Yeah. And you didn't expect me to feel better in five minutes or mm. 10 minutes or 24 hours. You gave me the space to feel as long as I needed to feel. Yeah. yeah. And I know, I know this for a fact. It didn't happen, but I know this for a fact that if I had lingered in that space for too long, you would have said to me what I needed to hear to get me moving forward. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have let me stay in that sure. space. Sure. So. Then the last thing, let's tag. You said you're not ready to put on a new necklace yet. You're not ready to replace it yet. I'm not. And that is an important thing to kind of keep in mind. You are giving yourself enough space to live life without the thing that you have lost. Yeah. For a lot of times when people lose, let's say, a marriage through divorce, a common advice out there is get back out there, start dating right away, right. find somebody else, get a replacement here. It happens with uh, lost animals. Your dog just died. Let's get a puppy right away and right. let's get a, a new thing to fill that gap in your life. That idea of moving on really, really quickly and replacing it with something is a standard response you're going to hear from a lot of people. Right. And yet, why aren't you ready to replace it yet? Why can't we just go out and buy a new necklace? What's the hesitancy there for you? It just doesn't feel right. I don't know that I have an exact answer, but I I, I know that like on Sunday for church, mm-hmm. I wanted to, I went and looked through my mm-hmm. drawer to see what necklace, because there's another necklace that you gave me that's, mm-hmm. that for one of our anniversaries that it looks kind of like a little ladder, but it's more like a little path. Pathway, and, yeah. Yeah. And I went to try to find it and it just didn't feel right. Not it's same. not, I'm not ready. I can't tell you why I'm not ready. I just know that I'm not. Yeah. I think it's actually appropriate. And again, kind of research can show this, that you need to take some time to get to know who you are without, without that thing it. in your life. Yeah. You're not the same 21-year-old, 19, 20-year-old girl that received that necklace. No, for sure I'm not. And it's good to get to know yourself without that thing in your life so that you can now figure out what you want to replace it with now, with who you are right now. Right. You can't just replace it because it's something that can be easily replaced. Right. Again, what I've seen hands down across the board is as I've worked with clients who are going through divorce, and they look at their husband. So I'll, I'll just, again, I've seen it both ways. So I'll just say that I'm working with the wife right now. And the husband leaves the wife and immediately starts dating someone else. And the wife is going, see, he gets his cake and eats it too. He, he can just leave this marriage. And now he's in a relationship with somebody else. And he's happy and he's moving on. And here I am, single and alone and struggling. And nobody's going to want me. And I get to help her learn how to be patient, how to sit in her aloneness and her loneliness 
for a season so that she can work through the anger and the hurt and the frustration right. and, the, and the denial and actually grieve that loss of the relationship without just putting someone else new into her life and not actually working through all of that right. stuff because that's part of the process. And it usually takes 18 months to two years when you lose something really, really important, a marriage, a death, right. kind of that grieving process to go through that experience. And you usually come out on the other side going, <sighs> okay, yeah. I now am ready. I feel ready. I'm not grieving anymore. I can bring my best version of myself right. to the dating world, which now means you're probably going to attract a very different person right. than you would if you're dating someone in the middle of that grieving and you're still hurting. You will attract not the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. Right. It just doesn't work that way. And so you want to use this time to become the best version of yourself and to find out what your tastes are in jewelry, right. <laughs> what your tastes are in, in who you are now. Right. Well, it's interesting as you were talking, it just, uh, I had a visual flash in my head. And, and I think if, if I were to replace that necklace right now, mm -hmm. that I wouldn't enjoy the new necklace as much yeah. as I could because it would remind me of the loss. Sure. And, I couldn't put that into words a few minutes ago, but I really think that's what it is because even trying to put on one of my other yeah. necklaces, I wouldn't have been enjoyed it because it was a reminder of the yeah. loss. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm just not ready. And when I get something new, I want to enjoy it for what it is, not for what it's replacing. Yeah. You want to enjoy it for its inherent value within itself. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. Thanks for being willing to talk about where you're at now, yeah. honey. Again, it's it's been unpleasant. You've had a couple little spikes in, in feeling bad. But overall, sure. I'm glad that you're feeling better. I'm glad Thanks. that I have my relatively happy wife back <laughs> right now. You're welcome. And I can't wait to go pick out something together maybe this time. Hmm, I haven't decided if I want to be Or if I, I get to, to pick you out something else. I, uh, yeah, I can't decide. Okay. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, the idea of picking, picking out something together is fun, yeah. but also having, you know, me Yeah. now you've known me for 30 I years. I better get it right. <laughs> so shoot. Now there's pressure on me. That's not how it's supposed to work out. So, all right. Anyway, anyway, we hope this is helpful for everybody. We hope that this is again, just a, a reminder of how life goes sometimes. And we are appreciative and grateful for all of our lovely listeners out there who wished us, who wished my wife well. Thanks for taking yeah. good care of her along with me. I really appreciate that. Me too. All right. We'll see you all next time. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.